0: called you to do good even if it means suffering just like Christ suffered for you he is your example you must follow his footsteps he never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when insulted, nor seek revenge when he suffered. He only left in the hand of God his case, because God is the one who always judge fairly the word of the Lord.
1: This is the first Sunday of Advent, and it's also Communion Sunday, and of course it all fits together because the reason Jesus came and we celebrate his birth is because of what he eventually did for us, which is represented by the Communion table, and that's going to be most of our focus this morning. We're doing a series called What's Your Superpower?, and last week we decided that the Incredible Hulk needs the Holy Spirit because the fruit of the Holy Spirit is patience. And some of us need that just as much. But then there's um, Superman who is equal to any challenge, but he does have one very specific weakness. Kryptonite. Mine is ketchup. Ketchup. But this morning, we're going to look at the believer's kryptonite and discover how we can turn that not only into a strength, but a superpower. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the words of Peter in this chapter and the way he leads us into a victorious perspective on suffering. And uh, we follow the one who suffered. And as we follow him, we also know that we will experience suffering too. And we want to be able to understand how that can become a testimony for your honor and glory. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In this series, my intention is to introduce you to your superpowers. Because as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a particular set of skills that God has given you through his Holy Spirit. Philippians 2 says, continue to work out your salvation, for it is God who works in you to act according to his good purpose, to will and to act according to his purpose. And that's our mission should we choose to accept it, to work out what God has worked into our lives. That's the Christian workout. Now, of course, these superpowers have nothing to do with what Hollywood depicts in the movies. Stronger than a locomotive, faster than a speeding bullet, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Nothing like that. For example, last week we focused on patience. That doesn't seem very impressive, and yet Proverbs 16.32 says, Better a patient man than a warrior. A man who controls his temper than one who captures a city. Anyone can get impatient. It requires no skill, no depth of character, no discipline. Impatience is for cowards. It takes courage to wait for God's timing. Now today we're going to look at another supernatural power that the followers of Jesus have used to impact the world for the last 2,000 years. And this one is truly impressive but you're going to be very surprised because this morning we want to examine a superpower called suffering and that happens to be our kryptonite it's the one thing we fear the most it's the one thing we want to avoid in the movies superheroes are always the target of some diabolical villain who wants to destroy them lex luther kingpin the joker and so they often endure incredible suffering until they overcome their adversary and they get revenge and they reestablish justice. Interestingly enough, there are some parable, parallels to our lives. Because as followers of Jesus Christ, we also have become targets for the powers and principalities of darkness and evil in high places. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And it reminds us of the promise that Jesus made to his followers in John 16, 33, when he said, In this world you you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, that verse does not sound like the prosperity gospel. We know that the early church experienced a lot of persecution. But unlike the movies, they were not allowed to ever take revenge. Romans 12, 19, do not take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath. It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Unfortunately, persecution hasn't stopped. There are over 50 countries in the world right now where it is dangerous to believe in Jesus Christ. You can lose your job. They can take away your house. You can go to prison and be tortured. Your family can be killed. We had the Voice of the Martyrs Conference in our church for about 10 years in Edmonton, and so we heard many eyewitness reports about persecution today in places like Egypt and China and Sudan. And we heard testimonies from the victims themselves. Surprisingly, these were not gloomy, depressing occasions. Because we heard about tormentors being saved and even revivals breaking out. Because when the enemy saw that believers would rather suffer than renounce Christ, they were amazed. How can this be? They were shocked. Who can inspire this kind of loyalty? Suffering, for Christ's sake, can make a powerful impact. 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning at verse 12, in that passage, Peter writes, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange was happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Verse 16, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. And verse 19, so then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Who does that when they suffer? This is not natural. This is supernatural. It's through the Holy Spirit and it becomes an extremely powerful testimony. And what's interesting to me is that the writer of these words, Simon Peter, was once a firm believer in the prosperity gospel. Peter left everything to follow Jesus because he believed his master was the Messiah. He was the one who would make Israel great again. The one who would usher in an age of prosperity and peace. And maybe even build a big beautiful border wall to keep the Romans out. That miraculous catch of fish in Luke 5. So abundant that their nets were breaking and their boats were sinking. Was just a foretaste of the blessings to come. Peter firmly believed. That they were going on to tremendous blessing. And that's why he had a meltdown in Matthew 16 when Jesus first told them that he would go to Jerusalem and suffer. Suffer many things at the hand of the chief priests and ultimately be killed and then raised on the third day. Well, Peter only heard the part about suffering and he just couldn't believe it. Are you kidding You're going to be killed? No, Lord, never. That's impossible. You're the Messiah. You can't be beaten. And we're not going to let that happen. We got this. And that's when Jesus issued that category six rebuke. Out of my sight, Satan. You do not think as God thinks, but as men think. The prosperity gospel is a deception. It's one that moves us in the wrong direction so that we get out of sync with God's will. Jesus didn't say, if you want to follow me, you have to find yourself. He said, you have to deny yourself. He didn't say, you have to pick up your capital gains. He said, you have to pick up your cross. To follow our Lord will not take us in the path of least resistance. Following Jesus moves us in the direction of suffering. In the movie Justice League, The Flash asks Batman, What's your superpower? And Batman replies, I'm rich. Well, prosperity is not a superpower. It's how believers deal with adversity that makes the greatest impact. Now, of course, here in Canada, we don't face the same kind of dangers that believers do in North Korea and India and Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan we may be ridiculed sometimes or denounced even threatened but no one here is going to be arrested for coming to church this morning you can leave here safely go for lunch eat your baconator and have a nice day there's very little risk and we don't want that to ever change I don't like the idea of suffering None of us do. That's our kryptonite. That's what we fear the most. I'm not interested in facing persecution for my faith. In fact, I, I still have this lingering sense of entitlement. Well, with the way I see it, if my Heavenly Father owns the cattle on a thousand hills, I should be getting at least 30% off on hamburger and sirloin steaks. Hey, Superstore, where is my Christian discount? In Canada, it's still relatively safe to believe in Jesus. And yet, even here, we are not immune to suffering. We face all kinds of trials and tribulations. Now, like Captain America, we also have a shield. The shield of faith to protect us against the fiery arrows of the evil one. But that shield does not protect us from the trials and the tribulations of the human condition. That's why we suffer with health problems, like cancer and heart disease. That's why we grieve over the loss of a loved one. That's why we suffer with mental conditions, like depression and post-traumatic stress. That's why we suffer with difficult circumstances, like loneliness and rejection. We suffer with family disappointments, like seeing children make bad choices or even turning away from the faith. There's alcoholism and drug addiction that has led to a toxic environment where some parents abuse their own children. There's lots of suffering, and the list can keep getting longer. And in all of this misery and mayhem, the enemy comes with a license to kill and to steal and to destroy. Satan tries to increase the damage by creating false guilt and hopelessness or by arousing bitterness and thoughts of revenge. So we are definitely not immune to suffering, which means we also have opportunities to turn our trials into a testimony. Paul was mentioning that in Romans 8, when he writes, beginning at verse 35, "...who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword?" As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long and we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Hardship, persecution, danger did not defeat the followers of Christ. They were victorious. But even more than that, When the New Testament Christians were being slaughtered, they became more than conquerors. And I think that qualifies as a genuine superpower. The New Testament church overcame and triumphed because not even suffering could stop them. And it was the way they suffered that impressed their tormentors. 1 Peter 2.21 To this you were called because Jesus Christ suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. When we suffer, we have to know how to do it. Because it's very easy to just make it up and just respond with our basic instincts and everything gets worse. We have to know how to do it. Jesus set us an example that we should follow in his steps. He committed no sin No deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats and said he entreated himself to him who judges justly. In the voice of the martyrs' conferences, we heard survivors say that instead of hatred, God actually gave them love for those who were torturing them. Can you imagine that? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's not natural. That's supernatural. That comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, this does not mean that we'll never complain. This doesn't mean that that it won't break our hearts or that we will experience sorrow. We will experience sorrow, but not as those who have no hope. Just look at the Psalms or read the book of Job. It's filled with complaints. Cries and sorrow. I think at least half of my prayers. are comp- They begin with complaining. But neither Job nor David gave up hope. Although they were suffering great injustice. They continued to trust God. And looked forward with righteous confidence to their vindication. And in the end they were overcomers. And that's why their words have been a tremendous encouragement. To countless generations. And when I look at my own life, the people who've had the greatest impact on me have often been the ones who've known the deepest suffering. Powerful impact through suffering of the saints. A few weeks ago Edie was at the Foothills hospital getting her IV infusion for a rheumatoid, and she met a lady who had picked up a virus in Hawaii, of all places. And it was something they just couldn't cure. And three years later, she still has all these sores on her face. Some are bleeding. She's losing her hair. Outwardly, she is weak and wasting away. But inwardly, there is something very powerful going on. Because she said, I wouldn't be able to go through this without my faith. That is a powerful testimony. Suffering can truly be one of our most amazing superpowers. It's not that we ever choose to experience it. We don't go looking for it. Superman does not try to find Kryptonian, kryptonite. But suffering does happen for all who follow Christ. And when it does, God will enable us to turn that into a testimony. Like Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, For Christ's sake I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Weakness is our superpower. Who would have thought? And that brings us to this table. What kind of an impact did the suffering of Christ have? How powerful was it? Well, it was powerful enough to defeat Satan, powerful enough to pay for our sins, powerful enough to provide forgiveness so that therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, the suffering of Christ was powerful enough to bring life to the walking dead who were in their trespasses and sins, powerful enough so that even where our sins were multiplied, His grace immeasurably exceeded them all. His suffering was powerful enough to make us new creations, born again, the children of God and powerful enough to establish a church bought with his blood that not even the gates of hell could overcome. In order for that to happen, he had to suffer. There was no other way. In the wilderness, Satan gave him some alternatives. You might be able to do this without having to suffer. But Jesus had to reject them because there was only one way this Could ever happen. He had to suffer. He had to die. And we have benefited. Eternally through that. And that's why. That's why every day. We deny ourselves. We pick up our cross. And we follow him. Even if it leads to suffering. And when we suffer. We face our kryptonite. But kryptonite is no match for the blood of Christ. Father, we thank you so much that you never leave us or forsake us. And when we suffer, especially if we suffer for your sake, you are there to enable us to not only endure, but to overcome. And become more than conquerors. And this has nothing to do with our ability. With our human strength. Because when we suffer we are weak. But in the spirit when we are weak. Then we are strong. And that is to your honor and glory. That's what brings you glory. And that's what makes an impact. In this world. Lord, we thank you that uh, these promises are true, that they apply to us, and they're all because of what Jesus Christ accomplished. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.